Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast. Rich Levine here, Ryan Robb there, Peyton Pritchard soaring through the sky for a game-winning putback. The Celtics have won three straight, grabbed a tiny slice of redemption Wednesday night in Miami. We're going to talk about all that, but first, a bit of congratulations in order. I don't know if it's congrats. I just want to make note, B-Rob, you're in the, uh, in the radio, can we call it the radio booth? You're on the radio call for uh, for Wednesday night's Heat uh, Celtics game for ninety eight point five. The sports up, uh, pretty cool. Did you have a good time? Yeah, I mean that was quite the game to be on the call for, to say the least. Um, but how does that work? Are you are you certainly you're not in Miami? Are you guys in the studio? Or are you at home watching that? Yeah. So all the games this year, normally um, you know Grandy and Max travel for all the road games all year long. Um, with the team, but clearly this year that is not happening. So all the, they are doing them at the garden for the home games, but for the road games, they're happening at the sports hub studios. So we are kind of just tucked away, calling it off a monitor with some, uh, some, some crowd and some effects kind of piped in and just to uh, get you guys hyped up. Exactly, just, uh, just, uh, just in case you forgot. Uh, but it is, it's funny. I mean, cause it's like, it's not like if you're you're going to be hearing people if you're actually there in person because these are empty arenas. At least most of them are empty arenas right now. I believe Miami was empty last night. Um, Tampa on Monday night was not. Um, so weird. But it is weird. But yeah, it's uh, it's a unique experience for the year for sure. And yeah, it was a privilege, obviously, to to be on the call for that for that barn burner. Is there some plexiglass separating you and you and John Wallach as it was last night, or are you guys just sitting sitting right? So in, right we're next actually to each other? it's we are actually in separate studios but looking at each other through a a glass you know creepy glass so you can see each other um but yeah that we're separated i know at the garden too for the broadcast setup when you're in person there they have tall kind of plexiglass setups for each person to provide it's like a, it's like a prison visit yeah <laughs> just got to provide that maximum protection for all these um you know analysts of all ages um that are sure. far more important than, than than someone like myself but um yeah it's <laughs> uh they it is a, you know, a unique experience for sure. Um, John Walk, who I did it with five last night, um, who was filling in for Granny, did a great job. He does play-by-play, I think, for Bryant basketball um, ah. all the time and then has been a long-time fill-in for, uh, for Granny when needed. And um, my job was pretty much just to stay out of the way. And I hope <laughs> I, I, did I, you guys I, react with each other? Was there like an air high-five after Pritchard's tip <laughs> yeah. yeah, through the glass. Uh, no, there was – it was – I don't know. I mean – the ending of that game, 
I mean, it was almost like was so that many a flashback? Endings. Was that a flashback <laughs> to that that series? Because it was it was very close. If Peyton Pritchard was not on the spot there, that was uh, that was pretty much uh, game eight of that uh, Eastern Conference Finals or game seven in terms of uh, a nightmare scenario for the Celtics playing out again. I think that's an interesting way to <clears throat> interesting way to go about it. And you talk about it's not even the ending that felt like deja vu, like right down to blowing a seventeen point first half lead but so what what do you think what are the what were the differences last night you know clearly last last season in the bubble let me say last year it was like two months ago uh the heat win that game yes uh the differences this time around i think um clearly you do tyler hero was not the tyler hero that we saw in the playoffs uh jalen brown different jalen brown uh, what do you think? I mean, Bam. Bam th- there was a there was a time, there was a moment when you saw Bam that he tried to like go into that crazy beast mode that he did last year, where he where he would just take it to the hoop every time. And well, remember that? What, I forget what game it was that he scored, which seemed like twenty points in a row in crunch time. Yeah, it seemed like he, game six crunch time. I think that was just down the stretch of the the finale. And he, he tried to go there. He couldn't get there. You know, Jimmy Butler obviously had his moments, but was, you know, came down with a few different injuries, it seemed like, over the course of the game. What, to you right now, is the biggest difference uh, in that game versus last year? Yeah, I think a couple of things. One, I thought Grant Williams did a pretty nice job on BAM, to your point. Sure. Uh, down the stretch there. They, you know, you think the Celtics brought in Tristan Thompson to be that guy, but it's clear at this point of his career. I mean, Tristan Thompson's been a good addition so far, but he's not going to have it every single night. And he didn't seem to have it, you know, from a defensive standpoint against Bam in that game. So Grant was playing well, and Brad Stevens kind of roll, rolled with him, and that kind of prevented Bam from taking over that game. And, I mean, beyond that, it was nice to see um, – I think Tatum eventually was won the heavyweight fight with Jimmy Butler in that matchup. Like, he kind of rose to the challenge down the stretch before that last minute in terms of setting guys up. You know, the Heat were throwing two or three guys at him, really, you know, tying things up defensively. But he made things happen. Jalen Brown on a bad shooting night, still making things happen. You know, 12 mm-hmm. rebounds, five assists, two steals, two blocks for him. So, like, if that's a bad game from Jalen Brown at this point, then the Celtics are in a pretty good spot right now. And they are. And that this is, I mean, six and three, Rich. <laughs> the way this season started, I mean, is, was this, is this best case scenario pretty much for given what this group's had to work with? You know, I, it, it's crazy you say that, but then the same on, on the same token, like they could have won two other two two other of the games, right? They sure. could be eight, they could be eight and one. Maybe that's the best case scenario, but they could just as easily be, you know, four and five or five and four. But um, it's it, whether or not it's best case scenario, it's a scenario that we will take that the Celtics will take. All things considered, we talked a lot about the 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 slow starts, right? Uh, the slow start that we that we <clears throat> that we expected and. It's just not here. And at times you've seen it, like there's been the makings of what could be bigger problems, but you know, when it comes down to it more often than not, they found a way to get it done. Um, and yeah, you said the five assists for me for Jalen and the way he's doing it, it's, it's such a game changer. We're going to talk about him a little bit more later in terms of his, where he stands in sort of the all-star picture in the Eastern conference right now. But I, I just looked last year, I was hoping it was, it was fewer, but you know how many times he had uh, five assists in the game last year? I'm going to guess zero. I was thinking it was going to be that too. He actually had five times. He had an eight assist oh, wow. game. He had an eight assist game against Indiana wow. uh, last year. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, yeah, you have that. You got obviously Peyton Pritchard. Um, he is, 
what can we call him? Like, it, like they're talking about best ca- best case scenario. In a way, he's almost in different ways. Gordon Hayward and Kemba Walker. I'm not saying that he's a combination <laughs> of Gordon Hayward and Kemba no, Walker, but in what they're missing from those two guys, in different ways, he's filling in some of those holes. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to put it. In terms of what what do those guys do? I mean, Kemba at his best is was when he's healthy is you know the best scorer or was the best scorer in the team just, just after Tatum. But those guys would, you know, be able to shoot a three or create a shot for something else. And that's, you know, Pritchard can't do it nearly at the level as either of those guys yet on a nightly basis. And probably never will, to be honest, but he still provides a little bit of both, which the Celtics bench desperately needs right now, especially with Chef Teague out for these couple of games. So, I mean, we saw, you know, Pritchard's, you know, that's probably going to be the best game of the season on Monday night, the 23 points, eight assists, most points scored by rookie all year. But um, even when the shot's not falling, six points, six rebounds, four assists, and again, just being on the spot where the team doesn't need it for crashing the offensive glass, having the awareness there <laughs> to know that I'm wide open here. And even though I'm six foot one, if no one's boxing me out, like I could potentially make something happen here after, after Marcus Smart. Um, you know, didn't get the foul call on that, on that drive. Yeah. And as a rookie playing in situations that he is Peyton Pritchard, uh, zero turnovers last night. Let's mention that as well. I mean, sure. the guys, he's taking care of the ball. Great passer. You know, I think when he's out there, the ball movement is just a little bit better. I think the offense is just a little bit better. A lot of that is just, he's just, you know, again, he's not afraid to shoot. There will be times where he probably heat checks a little bit. I know three for 10 last night, but he also is, is always looking for the pass as well. I, he's by no means a, a ball hog. And real quick, <clears throat> sorry, uh, Carson Edwards. I don't know. 10, 10 minutes, 10 okay minutes, considering he's 0 for 2 for 3. He had those two, two finishes, you know, on just, just getting out and running in transition. He was at least a somewhat serviceable member of the team last night, which is more than I imagined coming into the year. Those are 10 huge minutes, Rich. Like that was, they were really stumbling at the, that third quarter with the double big lamp again, which we might want to get into later, but they were searching right there. And, you know, we saw Aaron Neesmith got his chance on Monday night. That did not go particularly well for him at this point. He'll get more chances down the line, but defensively, he certainly doesn't look ready to chase around the heat shooter. So where does Brad Stevens go? He goes to the guy who didn't play that night, Carson Edwards. Mm -hmm. And he did a pretty, like you said, I mean, he missed the two open threes in the corner, but he got out in transition on the layups and he kind of didn't make any big mistakes defensively. I thought really, you know, fought his way around screens and, you know, you, you'll take that. I mean, this is, it, it's tough for Edwards cause he, he clearly hasn't had many opportunities rich, but like if they can, if he can play competent defense, he's going to play, in some in situational matchups until Romeo Langford and Kemba get back because they just need someone that can chase shooters around screens off the bench. Yeah, and it, it's too bad because I really thought when he got out and he was able to get those two layups, a lot of times for a shooter like that to actually see the ball go through, not forget practice, forget just shooting around in an actual game, that sometimes that can wake up the three-point shot a little bit and he, and he got the, the attempts. And, you know, they weren't bad misses. They One of them especially so it seemed like it was halfway down. But I don't know. Maybe that's the, that's the, that's the start of you know, expecting a little bit, because I think everyone, we'd, we'd all written off Carson Edwards as a Celtic, I think after last year and, and early this year, but that's good to see. And uh, Daniel Tice, best game of the season. Definitely. 
Um, real big plays down the stretch in the fourth quarter. The pick and the pick and pop is back of him again, and it's it's a situation where he is so much better as the five. And I know that they're trying to work this lineup right now to in case it comes in handy in the playoffs or against certain matchups, which it could, but it, it's really, I think a tough adjustment for him. So now it's nice to see him, you know, getting back to things he does well, hitting the offensive glass as a small ball center, you know, not just taking the threes, but that mid range shot can be automatic when he has it going in certain games. And he had a couple big ones down the stretch there. And, Defensively, too, I thought that was one of his best games of the year. He did a good job of hanging with some tough heat guards, you know, contesting on the perimeter in switches. And that's that's the Tice that the Seas are going to need if they want to, you know, take down this or a number of other teams in the postseason down the road. Yeah, uh, speaking of the postseason, B-Rob, uh, are you ready for some football, I'm supposed to ask you? Yeah, more games this year, right? NFL postseason? <laughs> oh, yeah, that, 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 is, that is true. Uh, college football heads into the bowl season. There are some big matchups coming up. NFL regular season is over. The playoff picture is clear. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, uh, you and I. There's only one place we trust. That is betonline.ag. Uh, sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code CLNS50 for your 50% welcome bonus. Um, I was looking this morning before we came on. So uh, the odds to win the Eastern Conference, uh, who do you think is the, is the leader right now? The favorite, the as favorite. they say. I would have to go with Milwaukee. Milwaukee and Brooklyn, both, yeah. both plus 250, so 2.5 to 1, essentially, uh, to win the East. Philly is next at, at plus 550. And then, uh, as, we're, as we're talking about them, the Celtics and the Heat are both plus 750 to win the Eastern Conference. I, I would think that the Celtics were a little, would be a little bit ahead of Miami. Yeah, I mean, after that start, um, I mean, the Heat pretty much had their whole team last night. That, they weren't missing anyone. That, that's, that's their squad right there. And, the problem was starting Kelly Olenek, maybe. I mean, <laughs> it is. I mean, we should talk. Oh, actually, before, before we do, let me just say, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Uh, don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Uh, Bet online is your online sportsbook experts. Okay. What do we make of the Heat after? I mean, three and four star for them. Just very uneven. If you look at their schedule so far, they've won or lost a ton of games by 10 points. Is this just a matter of they got lightning in a bottle now, like, Heroes coming back down to earth a little bit. Bam and Jimmy Butler are, are great, but are, are they still just going to be short that third reliable piece that they got, they thought they were going to have? Or is this something where it's early in the season and it's uh, a really tough turnaround and so they're going to be right there when it matters? Yeah, I think that that second part. I think, I think when it comes to the playoffs and it comes to the matchups and it comes to Eric Spolstra, comes to Jimmy Butler, and I think Bam will be I, – I still do not want any part of them in the playoffs. I mean, as you look right now, the games they've lost this, this year, so what, they're 3-4, they're, uh, and four, Three and right? Four. So they lost to the Celtics last night. Then their, their other loss was opening night against the Magic, which is whatever. One absolute blowout against Milwaukee, which every team is going to have. And they came back and beat Milwaukee uh, the, the very next night. Right. And then they lost uh, at Dallas, which obviously, you know, especially this year, is not a great look. You know, that was on – 
I said New Year's Day. I'm not assuming that none of them were out partying on New Year's Eve. But yeah, I th- I, th- I think it's a little bit too early, you know. And and and, and the the schedule does not get much easier for them. I mean, their next you know ten games real quick at Washington, at Celtics, then back to back at Philly, at Philly, two against the Pistons, two at Tampa, uh, two at Brooklyn, uh, then Denver, Clippers, Kings. That that that's that gets them to February. That's a tough. If if they can come out five hundred. There, I think that's a that's a, that's a win for for the Heat. I think I, I, anything less, they can start to worry. But if they can at least stay around five hundred during that, I think I'd continue to feel okay. And this is why I think, Rich, the this six and three start for the Celtics is so huge. When you just look at the East playoff picture right now, because you have you know we know that Toronto's had a they look like they're a mess. Uh, Miami starting under five hundred, Brooklyn starting at five hundred. Like there are. And when you factor in 72 game schedule, um, some teams getting off to hot starts, just the, the, the craziness of this entire season as a whole with like home court advantage kind of not existing. Like you can't really, and the fact too, there's only six like official playoff spots this year. So if you get off to that slow start, your margin of error goes down like, okay, you can't, you know. Wait, what was that last thing about six official playoff spots? Well, because there's a play-in situation. Uh, you're, sure. you're not assured anymore. So, like, I don't know. If, if Not that I, don't, I think Miami is not going to be able to pull themselves above the seventh seed, but if they come out of the gate and they play 500 basketball for the first 20 games of the year, which, to be honest, I thought something that might the Celtics have to worry about here beginning based on how they worked in those first few games, then you might be – scrambling a bit down the stretch now the celtics you get through this gauntlet of the schedule more road games than anyone in the league through the opening nine games here you come out of that six and three technically could have been even better if you executed in crunch time a little bit better in detroit and indiana like you got to feel pretty good about where you are if you're if you're danny ainge and brad stevens right now yeah oh <clears throat> for sure that, you know if, if, coming in if they said to those guys hey will you take six and three after nine, they're, they're, they're signing up for that immediately. And I, you know, and I think really just to close the book of Miami, you got a team that they, they made it to the finals, you know, which, and again, it's not a typical turnaround. If any team is going to have sort of that a little bit of a heavier hangover, I think from, from, from the bubble, it would be the team that gets just far enough not to win. Um, so that's why I want to give them a little bit more time, but yeah, as far as the Celtics are concerned and, and on the opposite side of, uh, of Miami, you know, the Celtics have some very winnable games and, and coming up. And of course, like, like the Bulls are playing okay. The Knicks are, are, are playing okay. The Wizards are at least super dangerous with the way Bradley Beal's playing. But those are the, that's who's coming up. You get the Wizards, Heat, Bulls, two against the Magic, which who I think are ready to maybe come down to earth after, oh, unfortunately, Markel Fultz is now out for the season. And they're sort of, you know, their hot, hot start is cooling off. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, the Celtics have a chance to really, by the time February comes around, you know, six and three, you, you would like to see they at least keep up that pace. They have an opportunity to do that. They really do. And I think Jeff Teague is supposed to be back Friday night. Javante Green is... Do we, we want be... Jeff Green back? Uh, Wait, Jeff, gonna... excuse me, Jeff Teague, excuse me. Je- oh, sorry. I, 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 maybe you said Teague. I think my, <laughs> I might have early. put that Jeff Teague. I mean, it's early out here. But I was Green. saying, I just, I just, I, I hate... And Teague was, was so great for the, for the first few games, but... I still want to see Peyton Pritchard just out there doing what he can do. I don't want him to lose minutes. It is going to be fascinating what's going to happen there when Kemba Walker gets back. Right? You are, 
I mean, I guess you, you, you put Smart off the ball entirely um, and make him you guard wings and, you know, play more of a two three role, which is clearly a bigger need um, off the bench at this point, unless you're going to keep starting him. But yeah, the, the, the on off numbers, Rich, with Teague and Pritchard, when they're playing with Tatum right now, are through the roof. They're literally like, I think plus like 25 net ratings are like some of the best, like top 10 in the league among duos that have played over 100 minutes. Very limited wait, wait, Teague, size, obviously. Teague, Teague and, and, and Pritchard together with Tatum or individually each with Tatum? Both. Both. Okay. Like that three-man lineup and both of those guys individually with Tatum. And so um, that makes me think that, like, okay, you get another playmaker on the floor with Tatum as much as possible. Good things are going to happen to this offense, which we saw a lot in that game against Miami, but then to your point, like it seemed like the ball movement kind of waned when, when Pritchard wasn't out there and that's when, you know, things got ugly for the seas for some of those stretches. So if they, once Kemba Walker gets back, maybe they add another capable shooter to this team in February or March. Like that's when the offense could go from really good to maybe top four, top three in the league. Yeah. It's exciting. Again, from, from, from where we were, and for how we were talking about before the, before the season started, and again, it's, it's very early. Things can change very quickly. All it takes is one, you know, three losses in four game situation to, 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 to crash all of this. But for now, it's pretty exciting. We also wanted to talk about, <clears throat> about Jalen Brown. And in our, in our preview podcast, and we were sort of running short on time, so we went over this really fast, but just the idea of Jalen being an all-star this year. And again, super early to be talking about this, but maybe not. And it's a fun topic. Um, you got to figure if he even like maintains some semblance of this, that the Jalen Brown's going to be an all-star this year, right? Like looking, looking around at the rest of the conference, obviously Tatum's in and really, can we break it down. How does, how does it work again in terms of positions? Is there any specific roles to fill anymore? I, I, I don't think for the reserves. Okay. It is. I think I, for the starters, I assume that, you know, that gets, that vote gets split between, you know, fans and media to make sure it's, it's all evened out. And I think maybe players can have owned there. I have to look up the exact um, protocols, but um, yeah, I think it's safe to say Janet Brown's not going to be starting in the all-star game, but, but I mean, who knows if he keeps this, right. (laughs) But, um, but as far as the reserves go, yeah, like this is uh, the pace he is on makes him, you know, a lock if he can sustain anything close to this for the next 20 to 30 games here. Um, it's he's the, he scored the third most points in the conference. Can you guess the, the two guys that are ahead of him? I'm going to guess Bradley Beal based off a of, he probably just did it by himself <laughs> last night. Um, he had 200 points last night. So yeah, put it, put him in the lead. So Jalen has 236. Uh, Bradley Beal has 274 for, and first. So who was right in the middle at, at second and second? I think the other guy who scored 60 points this year would be my guess, Steph Curry. Oh, no, just talking Eastern Conference. Oh, Eastern Conference. Um, Kyrie? No, Jason Tatum has scored one more point. Wow. Jalen Brown, 237 to 236. So Jalen's third in the conference in points, uh, third in the conference in steals, which is pretty impressive. Uh, I don't think you're going to get the two guys ahead of him there. No, I don't think you are. That's Larry, a Nance, Larry Nance and Malcolm, Bro- and Malcolm Brogdon. 
Um, but he's doing it. I mean, he's 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 doing. It. He's 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 certainly an all star. If we're having a conversation right now, no question. And you look more beneath the numbers, the shooting numbers of him right now. I think he is the best guard, non-big shooter out of any player in the NBA at this point. He's shooting 54% from the field, even after a tough night against the Heat. And for him to be shooting 54% while also taking five threes a game is absurd. That's just incredible efficiency for him, for a guy that's taking 19 shots a game as a whole. And to be honest, I thought his efficiency numbers were going to go down this year just from the standpoint that there aren't going to be as many guys for defenses to worry about. But now with Brown clearly showing that, yeah, I know teams are going to be plenty for me, but I'm going to score on everyone anyway. That's when you look at what he can be in him in the all-star picture and, and showing that, yeah, I'm, I'm a guy that belongs in that spot. Yeah, just just on pure volume. And so, again, like the, the difficulty level of shots he might be taking, you would think it would go down. And not only, you know, he, and not only is he shooting over 50% from the field, but he's over 40% from three right now. I mean, if his foul shots got a little better, he'd be, he'd be a threat for 50, 40, 90. I mean, yeah, they have to get a lot better. But uh, the fact that he's got two of those three, unbelievable. All 50, 40, considered. 70 is fine for him. <clears throat> hey, well, win yeah, there. We, will, we will take that. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. You can't, we can't say enough great things about what he's done on the court. And again, again, with everything that's happening in the, in, in the country this week and you know, what happened at the Capitol yesterday to see again, and not only Jalen, but Jason T- uh, Tatum up there really speaking their minds and taking a stand and representing the Celtics in the NBA and just human beings everywhere. And, uh, you know, wanting to speak out against what happened and sort of the double standard of everything that, 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 that still is, is very apparent uh, in this country. And again, it, 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 you, we, we talked a little bit last episode with Pina about just the duos in the NBA, in the NBA right? And I think we had them ranked maybe by the end, maybe fifth or sixth. Right. If you're talking just pure winning a title this season, but I, it's just you talk about the total package. You talk about their age uh, and their their wisdom for being how old they are. It, the, the sky is the limit. Still, Danny's got some work to do surrounding them, but you couldn't ask for too much better uh, guys to to build around moving forward. No, I think you just nailed it. Like especially with how they're handling the on the court stuff's one thing, but the what they both are doing off the court. Um, on the social justice front, the, the statement they came on, it came out with together after last night's game. I mean, the maturity of guys like that who are, you know, just 22, 24 years old and how much of an impact they're already making and how much an impact they will make, you know, around this world um, and in this country in the years to yeah. come is, is tremendous. And that's, like you said, like the Celtics as an organization have to feel pretty good about what they have. Cause I think having guys like that, who have these kind of capabilities on and off the floor come together. I mean, that's, you have to feel pretty good about where you are at. Yeah. And again, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's one thing to release a statement or to, to tweet it, but to see those two guys after the game last night, just standing there, I think it was a zoom call probably, yep. you know, no, no podium, just, just Jalen and Jason standing up there next to each other, answering questions, speaking their mind. And, and, and Jalen, Jalen's got that in him. We know that we've seen that from right. the beginning, but you know, I've really been impressed by how, how, how Jason Tatum has grown in that level too. And sort of just, you know, it's not about being outspoken, but just having the confidence and the, and the desire to, to, to be, to represent, you know, again, just, just the, not just the Celtics, but just the world. 
like that. And, and I think, and I think Jalen probably inspires him on that level. I think it makes it easier when you get a guy like Jalen by your side, but it's been really great to see Jason come out of his shell more on that level as well. It's like, I don't think we can, we're going to have to trade rumors are officially gone. I feel like given how he has given everything that's happened in the first couple of weeks of the season, given how Jalen Brown is playing. And I think I saw this on some tweet that's out about, maybe it was on Rasul's podcast, him talking to scouts around the league and how, you know, whether people would prefer Jalen Brown or like Ben Simmons at this point. And I think I saw a headline saying like more would prefer Brown. I'm sure. And it's hard. And given how he started this year and just the growth he's made from year to year at this point and what he keeps adding more tools to his game, like you think about where he could be in another two or three years with a better supporting cast around him. And it's, it's, it's hard to argue with you think you like where he can bring more in the long term. It's crazy because I remember when, when, when the Celtics drafted Jalen and obviously he was raw, right? He was, a, he was just a pure athlete. He was like a bull. He was a guy who was physically dominant at every level. And when you, look, when you looked at a lot of the, the highlights that he had either in high school or, or college, a lot of the, the biggest ones were him just putting his head down and just physically getting to the hoop because no one could stop him. Um, and and the, the, the idea was that there's no way he'll be able to do that in the NBA. He needs to develop his game. So he, he has developed his game, but now more and more, he's now able to, to once again do that so many times in the NBA. You see, I see flashes of him, again, just getting the ball, going coast to coast, and just, just willing his way to the basket like he used to when he was in high school. He has reached that level of physical dominance, of body control, of, of all that. So he can do the other things still. But like we said, every single, every single year, every single game, every single week, we're seeing his game expand, whether it's, again, the, the, the range, whether it's the, the court vision. I mean, he had that one pass to... Uh, is it five assists? He had one great pass to Tice last night where he sort of just like dropped it off to him in the, in the, in the paint. And Tice took sort of like a flat footed kind of five foot jump shot that, that went in. But it was just another example of, of again, just game just blossoming. And, and he's still so young. He's, he's older than Tatum. So it doesn't get the, the hype that Tatum does. But, you know, is he 20, 24? 20, yeah, 20, 24. Just turned 24. And just turned 24 in October, right? Right. It's insane. Yeah, it's, again, you look at this start right now, you look at the leap. I mean, when you look at what matters for the Celtics this season, they, they may have already answered their two biggest questions in, like, are Tatum and Brown both capable of making bigger leaps here? Tatum obviously sustaining what he did in the second half of last year and Brown just turning into a, a number two score every night. And it's only nine games, but you feel confident answering yes to both those questions right now. And so you factor that in with a six and three start and we're still awaiting uh, an update on what Kemba Walker's availability is going to be. You know, the team has kind of teased that in the last week. It still hasn't come out yet. I assume we're not going to see him before February at this rate. Um, but when you just look at where Brown and Tatum are, and the emergence of Pritchard and other role guys like Rob Williams and even like a Shemi Ojale, you know, playing pretty well out of the gate. It's, it's going to be hard not to look at this team, I think, and this trade exception, Rich, and be like, all right, we don't, we, let's, let's just go for it this year and start like, you know, maybe not use it all in one guy, but at least get a couple guys in here that maybe just can be here for 
more than this year and be the right supporting cast around these two stars. Uh, on the potential list. I saw that, uh, that, that Ryan Bernardoni, I can't even call him a friend of the podcast. He's so, <laughs> so, so involved. I mean, one of, one of our hosts, Ryan Bernardoni, uh, threw out Joe Ingles, Ingles. Is it, is it Ingles? I think Ingles, but mm-hmm. I, it's either way. He'd yeah. be good in this team. He will be good. I mean, any, any, any guy like that, any kind of wing that can shoot and create a little bit would be a tremendous fit. And so it's, you look around the standings, it's too bad. Like, like Toronto, I think you can maybe peg them in as a potential seller. There's unfortunately not a lot of cheap talent on that. Like, do you want to, do you want to Norm Powell on this team? That doesn't do too much for me. Um, no, Norm's a guy. He's, you know, he's, he's obviously been great in spurts, but he just needs, he needs the, I mean, everyone needs the minutes, but like, I just don't know who I want him playing ahead of. Right. Given his, his skill set, you know what I mean? Like, I think, uh, you know, as a wing, you know, he can spread out a little bit. He can, he can D up a little bit. It might be nice. I mean, if you have him instead of Javante Green, yeah, sure. That's a, that's a serious upgrade. Um, but who would you have to give up for Norm Powell? Right. And that's the question. Like, you're not going to give up like a, a first round pick or anything for him. No, so. he's solid though. He, he, would be a, he would be a nice addition. I take that nice addition. And so, I mean, the, the question is, as we, as the standings start to shake out even more in the next month here, you know, what teams fall out of it and what maybe ownership just simply want to dump payroll. And so maybe this turns into a situation where the Celtics start looking to get a guy that can, that can help them but they don't have to give up anything up for him because a team just wants to dump, you know, $15 million off their books or whatever, you know, not have to take back bad money. And that's an option the Celtics can offer. And to be honest, the only other team that can offer that is like Oklahoma city at this point, (laughs) right? (laughs) Because there's no other cap space to be found everywhere. And, um, and so that we'll see how valuable a commodity that is um, as the season wears on and, in the playoff field kind of thins out a little bit. Yeah. All right. That's cool. Anything else you want to wrap up? Um, after, uh... Yeah. So where, where are you taking, um, how realistic are we talking about Peyton Pritchard and his all NBA first team rookie chances right now? Where, where yeah. do you, is that, is that a pipe dream in the sense that, Kemba Walker is going to come back. So that's probably going to eat into some of his minutes down the line. And he's just not going to be able to get on the floor enough to, to be able to sustain this kind of production. Or do you look at what he's done so far and kind of, you know, it's obviously some really <clears throat> flashy names at the top, but no one's really killing it right now. Um, in, in terms of like five clear cut guys that are going to be ahead of the pack as far as the rookies go. So it's, it's a fascinating you know, look for me to see how Pritchard's going to fit into that, you know, 2020 rookie class picture. Yeah. I think one, one, one advantage that, that he's going to have is the stage that he does it on, right. That he's going to, he's actually playing meaningful games. He's going to have probably more nationally televised games. I mean, cause you look right now, he's, he's fifth in rookies and points scored. You know, the guys ahead of him are Wiseman, Patrick Williams in Chicago, uh, Anthony Edwards and, and LaMelo ball. Uh, So fifth, He's fifth in points. He is second in assists. He is 10th in rebounds. He is uh, 
shooting yeah. 50% from the field, which is this pretty much the second best mark of any guard right behind Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. So the efficiency is up there pretty much anyone right now on that front. I mean, he's, he's at least, he's got to make a, at least a second team on rookie, right? I, I mean, okay. Think. So it's so early. It's but, very early, but. I don't know. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, it's hard to argue when you see it. So he's the 23 points. That's the most that any rookie scored in a game this year. Is that true? That's correct. That is correct. So I think LaMelo had 22. So, I mean, I guess it's going to be pretty tough, I think, to get on all NBA first team. I think like Patrick Williams looks legit with the Bulls. He's going to be starting, it seems like. So I feel like he'll be a lock. LaMelo seems like a pretty good lock based on the numbers he's putting up. Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman. And then honestly, yeah. And then you look at what Hallie Burton's doing in Sacramento. So that's going to be tough to, to knock any of those guys out of the top five. But after that, it's Pritchard's probably in that next tier in terms of what guys are producing right now. Like Cole Anthony's been solid down in Orlando. And he'll get even more of a chance now. Right. you got to figure with yeah, that's out. right. I forgot about that. <laughs> that folds out. Um, you know, Isaac Okuro, when he gets back, I think would have a, a pretty good chance. Um, Vassal looks good down in, in San Antonio. But beyond that, like Pritchard, when you, you know, you take him or Sadiq Bay right now or Desmond Bain, you'd probably take Pritchard. Yeah, or, Aaron, or Aaron Neesmith, I think. Maybe. Right. <laughs> one of these days. One of these days. Um, but yeah, no, it's great. Man, Lamella Ball, he's 12, 5, and 5 in 24 minutes. That's, uh, that's exciting. They're a really interesting team right now, Charlotte. Did you see Gordo go for what? What did Gordo? 40, 44, 44, I think, right? Yeah. So they're, they like, it seems like a lot of guys are playing well for them and they're still just three and five right now. So I don't know if that's, if the pieces just have to be mixed and matched a little bit more, or if that's just not, you know, they, they, don't, they don't really have a center beyond Bismack Biombo, and that looks like it's a pretty big problem for them. From, well, Zeller's, uh, Zeller will be back soon-ish, I think, right? How long is he out for? Yeah, I think he's out for a few weeks, but yeah, he'll definitely be back. Um, mm-hmm. I would assume by the by February at some point. So that's not like a, a season-long injury, but I don't know. Hayward, you know, it's funny. When you look at just the Celtics right now, I think Hayward's taking like, you know, like 16 shots per game for the, for the Hornets. He'd probably be taking 16 shots for the Celtics if he had <laughs> stayed right now. Let's like really yeah. expand this team. I get right without, without Kemba. Right. Yeah, that's fair. And I, and it's fine. I still have my, uh, my Eastern conference <clears throat> statistics up. So Jason Tatum leads the Eastern conference in three pointers made this year with 32, a pretty sizable lead. He's got, he's got five more than the next guy, but who is the next guy? Do you know? I don't. Terry Rozier. Mm. So t- t- Tatum shooting 45%. On 32 makes, Terry Rozier shooting 44% on 27 makes. Pretty impressive. The big difference, uh, I mean, one of the biggest differences between the two, Jason Tatum is plus 52 on the season. Terry Rozier is a minus 59. Yeah. Yeah, the, the plus the minus numbers have never been kind of Terry <laughs> in the last couple of years here. Um, but yeah, his, his three-point shooting numbers have been, they've really surprised me down in Charlotte. He's really yeah. shut the lights out, but it Good just had Good to see. Good to see. We're rooting for all the former Celtics down in Charlotte. Sure, a lot of them, <laughs> a lot of them down there. Um, all right, let's uh, we'll put a bow on it there for this edition of 
the winning place podcast please uh subscribe rate review us itunes spotify stitcher wherever you find your podcast uh fall rich at rich underscore levine uh follow us at winning plays pod on twitter and um yeah see, see they come home now rich five of the next six back at the garden and so let, let's say by some chance you end up doing the radio broadcast for the uh for the Celtics again on friday would you be act, actually up in the halo doing it or would you still be at, at the uh at the studio 98.5 i think i want to say that they'll they've been doing most of them at the garden oh that'd be cool so that would be yeah that would be uh a different ball game and <laughs> well if that opportunity arises good luck thank you sir <laughs> <laughs> um all right we will uh check in back with you guys next week thanks for listening